My dad had a way of wanting to change the subject. My father, who's been gone about 10 years now, he had a way of letting you know that the conversation that you were having with him was not going in the direction that he wanted it to. You may have even mentioned some things that were a bit uncomfortable for him, and he just didn't want to go there. He didn't want to be there anymore. He wanted things to move on. You might even say he just wanted you to turn the page. My dad had a way of letting you know about that. He would take his index finger and he'd kind of raise it just a little bit, and he'd move it from the left to the right, left to the right in front of you, and he'd look you in the eye, and he'd say, turn the page, turn the page, just turn the page. You may have known someone in your own life who maybe had a gentler way or maybe even a more direct way of letting you know that your conversation was not going where they wanted it to go. They just needed you to move on, change the subject, start talking about something maybe a little less challenging, a little less confrontational, turn the page. In other words, just move from where you're at to a new place, to a different place. My friends, it is Eastertide. It is that beautiful season of the church year where we continue to celebrate the power and the joy of Easter morning. Eastertide's been around for probably 800 years now in the life of the church, and it's just been kind of a, a window, a chapter in the life of the church where no matter what's going on around us, we continue to recognize and celebrate the power of the resurrected Christ in our daily lives. And with that thought, with that thought, with putting our minds and our lives in still that Easter place, I share with you a powerful story from the Gospel of Luke chapter 24. It's a story that is very meaningful to so many people these days. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near. He joined them and went with them on the road. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? They stopped. They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him and said, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And Jesus said to him, What things? They answered him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things had happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a a vision of angels 
The angel said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us ran to the tomb and found it just as the women had said it was. But they did not see Jesus. And he said to them, O foolish ones, foolish and slow of heart to believe all those things that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, Jesus interpreted to them all the scriptures and the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. Jesus acted as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread. He blessed it and broke it, and he gave it to them. And at that moment their eyes were opened, and they recognized him. And he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour, and they ran back to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven, and all those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. O oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be truly acceptable to you, our rock, our comfort, our strength, our Savior, and our Redeemer. Amen. I must admit that for me, this is the most powerful Easter story that I've ever come across in my life. To me, it meets me where I'm at, especially this year in this COVID-19 year. In this year where I, like you, uh, have those things around me and about me and even within me that are holding on to me, are kind of holding me down, are paralyzing me in a way as well. Indeed, I have my moments, I have my days where I'm thinking more positive, I'm looking out at sunny days, I, maybe I'm on the phone with you all or communicating with you on Facebook or email or all the above. Um, I've really enjoyed the times that I've spent with many of you uh, with the Zoom video conferencing meetings as well. Uh, kind of a uh, an overall feeling of new life and of promise and of hope. And when I think about our friends on the road to Emmaus, Cleopas being one of them, it's not hard to, to feel what they're saying in the scriptures. It's not hard to feel the tension and the loss and the grief that these two had. Think about it. One of the neat things about this story is Luke, he kind of takes the, the 11, uh, especially the 11 that, that John refers to, the 11 who were locked behind the closed doors. We talked about them a little bit last week. He takes that, that, that nucleus of 11 and he expands that group to include other people. 
Cleopas and, and the, our other companions, as Luke says, they were there too. They were a part of this story. They'd been included in the journeys and the healings. They'd been included, no doubt, at the, the, the feeding of the thousands of people. They'd seen Jesus throw, throw away demons, get rid of the demons. Uh, they may have even been part of a, the wider circle that saw Jesus raise Lazarus from the dead. He indeed was God's messenger, God's prophet, God himself sent to the world to redeem the world. And these guys were, I mean, think about it. Think about what they said. We had hoped he was the one who would redeem Israel. So many people, their understandings of the, of the scripture is that this Messiah, I know that's a word that not many of us are familiar with, uh, the Christ, how about Savior, the Savior that God would send to the world would be of the military might that Savior would 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 crush the Romans, that Savior would free the God's people, the Jews, the Israelites, and they would finally have the freedom that they've always wanted to have. We'd hoped that He was the one. They said. It's almost as if they'd poured their entire lives into this Jesus of Nazareth, this prophet, mighty indeed, and now our chief priests, the rulers, the governor, all the leaders who didn't want their way of life to be messed with, they put him on a cross and they crucified him. And now he's dead. And by the way, our hopes are dashed as well. You can just feel their pain. And I don't mean that as something trite. You could feel the pain that they experienced. I love it the way when Luke says they, they were walking along the road, Jesus approaches them and says, what things are you talking about? And they stopped. They looked down, as one Bible says, looking sad. We've all had those times in our lives when we experience loss. We've all had those times when we even looked at each other and said, this can't be happening. It can't be happening. We've suffered a loss, and it's as if, it's as if life as we knew it stopped dead in its tracks. My friends, we've been involved for four to five weeks in that area of our lives where life as we've known it has just been stopped in its tracks. The other dimension of this story, the first dimension being that deep pain and the loss of all that people had hoped for was the power of the risen Christ made known to these two disciples in the breaking of the bread Jesus walks along with them. He reveals to them, uncovers. And I, I love it. We talk about Scripture being opened up and revealed, and that's exactly what this story is about. And there they are. And even then, at that point, they're not really sure what's going on with them, but they knew their hearts were burning. Their hearts were burning with the hope of the page 
finally being turned in their lives of the things that have been holding them down to finally be uncovered and opened up the vistas, the horizons before them to finally become that wonderful uh, hope that they'd been looking for. And as Jesus sits down with them, he takes the bread, he gives thanks, he breaks the bread, and he hands it to them. And at that moment, they recognize him. The power of the risen Lord, my friends, still is in our hearts. The power of the risen Lord is still around us. The power of the risen Lord is still active in the world around us. Many of us, if not all of us, have been trying to keep up with the news, whether it be uh, uh, the, the different news sources that that were that we um, that we read, that we watch, newspapers. The, the, the television and so forth. And we, we all know that we're, we've kind of moved into that area of, of this, this sheltered-in lockdown time is where there's a lot of conversations about moving on, isn't there? There's a lot of conversations about turning the page. There's a lot of conversations about, okay, we've, we've been um, 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 boxed in here long enough. Now what are we going to do? Uh, there's a concern about the economy. That's a good concern. I think that's a very va- it's a very valid concern. There's conversations, as you know, between the White House and the governors about who's going to decide about who's going to decide when we turn the page and we move on. There's a lot of people with cabin fever. There's a lot of people who are worried. There's a lot of folks that know the time is coming when we have to turn the page and we need to move on. My friends, I invite you to join me. Join me and Wendy even though we can't really join each other on the road, we can't join each other very closely with the exception of a telephone or the internet or a Zoom video conferencing. But join us, join us, would you please, during this time of Eastertide, this time where the, the, the realization of the risen Christ is, is with us, is with you, wherever you're going. Stay with us, those disciples said to Jesus Stay with us, no matter where we're at, no matter what's going on, oh God. Stay with us in our confusion. Stay with us in our pain. Stay with us in our joy. Walk with us. Stay with our healthcare workers, with our doctors, with our nurses, with our chaplains. Stay with them. Walk with them. Be beside them and around them. Stay with us, oh Lord. And even if it's not yet time to turn the page and to move on, help us, O Lord, find you. Open our vistas, open our eyes. Stay with us, O Lord. Just as the risen Christ, through the power of the Holy Spirit, O God, we pray that you would walk with us during this Eastertide, that you would strengthen us, that you would guide us and bless us and love us. Always in the name of Christ, we give thanks. Amen.